So let's start with the basics. Right now, you're either aware or you're unaware of what's not working. So here are four questions for if you're not sure what's not working. Let's check in. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. Welcome back to the show, Sincerely Future You. If it is your first time and you're new here, know that I've got your back. How do you ask? Because I'm raw and honest with you always growing a business. It's not always about rainbows and those Trader Joe's chip, witches. I wish, right? We all have ups and downs, but sometimes we also have moments where we can feel stuck or like something isn't working. If that's you right now, you found this episode at the right time. How serendipitous you and I are like Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack on that ice skating rink in Central Park. If you haven't seen serendipity, first of all, how embarrassing for me and you actually, you're in for a 90s rom-com explosion of a time, but today we're going to get uncomfy. Get ready for the questions that nobody else is asking you because they're too scared and they're afraid you're going to get offended. I'm not scared. I, I know that you getting offended is your own thoughts. And I also know you can handle it. Today, we are going to evaluate your situation and move forward with confidence. Let's dive in. Our review of the week comes from Jean Marie Rose. She says, I've been listening to Jessica's podcast for about a year now, whether it's a new episode or one of the originals from the pandemic, and she puts unplanned in parentheses, that certainly was, there's always so much to take away. This review was titled Never Ending Takeaways. I'm so glad that you are someone who, even though you started within the last year, I've been running the show since 2020. Actually, for those of you who don't know, my very first podcast episode launched March, I think March 1st of 2020. And if you are a good historian, you know what happened shortly after and almost immediately after two weeks into the podcast, everything that I had planned suddenly felt completely freaking irrelevant. Nobody cared about you know, the very specific ins and outs of business unless it was tied to COVID. So we had to pivot and we had to get really specific. And that's kind of the name of the game in business, right? Are you putting into context all of the things that you, that you want to teach to what's going on right now into the world? Or are you trying to teach it in this very textbook way that can apply at any moment? That's boring. That's not the way that people want to learn. They want to learn through story. They want to learn through what they're going through, through what you're going through. So if you haven't yet, yeah, do yourself a favor, go back to one of the earlier episodes and you can hear how we tied all of my original topics of whether it was about selling or whether it was about the emotions that you feel as a business owner during an uncertain global climate. And it's really fun to look back and think about all of the things that we were worried about and put them into the context of right now and just think about how what you're worrying about right now, three years from now, really will be just a blip on the scale. Future you has already conquered what you're going through. Thank you so much for that review, G. Marie. Now it's time to get hype. 
are you in love with your life right now? Not just your life, your, your business, your relationship with your business. Do you love the culture of your clients and customers, your profit margins, your beliefs and plans for the future? Do you look at your calendar this week and think, oh, hell yeah. Do you feel like you're at a 10? If yes, hell to the yeah. If so, it's probably actually time to get uncomfy again. You're at the peak of the first mountain, marveling at the view, taking a selfie and sipping on some cool water. And now it's time to traverse onto that second peak. But if you're not in the winds, so what? That is most of life, most of the time, most of the path. 10, level 10, a 10 out of 10, it's a mindset, yes, but it's also the human condition to seek a new level, to find a new 10. And if you're going to be pursuing it most of the time, it's about time we find a new way to view the one through nine, especially that one through five. In both of my programs, the splash pad, where people are just warming up and the masterful CEO school, where people are getting dialed in we talk a hell of a lot about failure. Why? Because every time I get to a 10, I have people celebrating me saying, oh my gosh, congrats. I knew you would. How amazing. And I know you've had this experience too, where you're thinking, hmm, okay, but this was always going to happen, right? We decided our future win was inevitable, not this morning or yesterday or even last week. I decided when I made my offers to who I considered to be 50 of the warmest potential leads that I had and heard crickets. I decided then, and I decided when I was three years into running my podcast, but still hadn't broken 100K downloads, I decided then that I was going to be a top 50 show over and over and over again. I decided in the fails, I decided I was worth celebrating even when I was failing. But where were those people then? And you might be thinking this, and I get it. This isn't a martyry hype sesh. It's a promise. It's a promise that the general public, your significant other, your family, most everyone will not be celebrating you in your most defining moments. But I will. I created my programs as a space to celebrate failure because I know that's the good stuff. That's the stuff that teaches you what you need to know to win. It's the stuff that builds an unfuckwithable CEO. It's the stuff they make movies about and hire A-list actresses to portray you. No one makes movies about people who decided they were going to go after their dream and what do you know it? First try, nailed it. Money, flame, glory. Boring, uninspiring. We want more for your big life. We want to see that one through five. And we want you to know that you can handle it. So give the people what they want. Give them a story of fight, of against the odds, of blow your mind, rock your socks, bold and truly you approach. That means in order to get there, you're going to have to risk feeling like a two, making a two out of 10 investment, thinking it's going to be a 10, giving a one out of 10 speech, totally choking. You might have to burn your current life or your current business model all down. And that can feel mother freaking lonely. It can feel like you're not worth celebrating. But I'm telling you that if you want massive success and longevity, you need to put yourself in a room that celebrates you while you're failing. 
if you're getting the biz 101 and scaling to your first 25K, get in the Splashpad community. If you're ready to grow to six and seven figures, get in the Masterful CEO School. Or if it's neither of those, find a place where while you are like really struggling, banging your head against the wall, trying to figure it out, there are other people around you being like, yeah, keep going. That didn't work. The next one will. You'll be required to collect fails in my rooms. And then you know what? You track it, you rock it, and you repeat until you win, you baddie you. If you're in the fails right now, repeat after me. This is going to make such a killer opening to my TED Talk. I can't wait to watch you. All right, you guys. Today, we're saying adios to what's not working. I'm big on evaluating. Why? Because masterful CEOs need to be looking at what's happening now. Because the future of your business always requires something a little different than what you currently have going on. If you didn't need to change anything, you'd already have all of your goals, right? Makes sense. So part of the evaluation is what's working because something is always working, even if it doesn't feel like it, right? Your brain tends to want to focus on the things that aren't working, but there are things that are working. So ask yourself that question. And we just don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater and constantly be changing what we're doing here and there and undermining ourselves, right? We have lots of episodes where we talk about ways to um, evaluate and have your own back, look at any episode on advanced decision-making and check those out. But today we're going to be talking about the second and third parts of the evaluation. What's not working and what do I want to do differently? So let's start with the basics. Right now, you're either aware or you're unaware of what's not working. So here are four questions for if you're not sure what's not working. Let's check in. Question number one, do your results match your goals? Usually when I, the reason I phrase this question so simply is because oftentimes when people think lots of things aren't working and I ask this question, oftentimes people don't know how to answer if their results match their goals because they haven't clarified their goals. Very basic stuff. Um, so make sure that you have some clear goals because making more money, getting more clients is not a goal. That is just a trajectory, right? You want to do better. We want to do more. That's, that's all well and good. But if you're not being specific, vague goals create vague results. So check in and see, do your results match your goals? Now, let's say you do have goals, but the results aren't matching. This is a way for you to check in and say, okay, well, what am I doing? What, what are the indicators of what I thought would create these results? And be really honest and look and, you know, do just a download and an audit of what you are doing to create these results. Oftentimes we think we're doing more than we are, or maybe we're just doing it inconsistently, which brings me to question number two. What am I doing with my time? You want to do a time audit. So I like to do this within the span of a week, depending on your business or your business model or how long you've been working. You might want to do it within the span of 30 days, but no more than that, right? 30 days to a week, do a time audit and look and say like, how much time am I spending doing what? Am I literally just posting a post 
and then, you know, shuffling things around in the back end of my business, but not actually connecting with the humans, making offers. If that's the case, then you might immediately know, okay, what's not working? I'm not doing enough business building activities, or maybe the places where I'm looking for my clients don't have my ideal clients there. Maybe the people that I'm talking to don't want to spend the money on what I have. That's okay. Doesn't mean that you need to lower your price. Might just mean you need to start talking to different people, start going to different places, right? Okay. Number three is have you given this process or experiment enough time, effort, or reps to yield results? And I think that I put this question in there because sometimes the problem isn't what you're doing. Sometimes you just haven't given it enough time or enough reps. When I say reps, I mean, let's say you're saying, oh yeah, like I've made offers. Clearly my offer isn't valuable enough or it's not compelling enough or it doesn't work or, um, you know, I need to lower the price. People don't want to pay it. And I'll ask people, okay, like, how do you know how many offers have you made? And they're like, well, like six. And I'm like, okay, let's think about these on this, on the scale of successful brands in the world. Do you think that Amazon or Apple or Verizon, or I'm trying to think of like main Coca-Cola, if they're rolling out a new product, do you think that they would settle with like a hundred people even like we need to get our reps way up there. I mentioned in the hype sesh about how when I first started fitness coaching, I sent out an email to 50 people who I had felt like pretty solidly were the people who were the warmest potential people who would want to join a challenge group and get started. And I heard crickets. I got one response. And these were like my closest friends and family and people I knew would kind of be into it or I thought would kind of be into it. One person responded to be like, good for you. Keep it up. And everyone else, no one even responded. And imagine I use that, but like I reach out to 50 people. People obviously don't want this from me, but I hear that from you guys. Sometimes it's just not enough data that you've collected to be able to evaluate it properly. So just check in and see, have you given your current process or experiment enough time, enough effort, enough variety, or enough experiments, enough reps to yield the results you're looking for? And then question number four, do I believe that what I'm doing is going to work? That question seems kind of out of left field, maybe especially to those of you who are new to the podcast, but anyone who does is a longtime listener of this podcast knows that your thoughts are what create your results. So ultimately, if you go into your action plan, if you go into your experiment for your business, believing that people don't want what you're selling, that your launch is not going to work because you're not good at launching via email or that you started too late. If you believe those thoughts before you start to test it out, you're going to create the result that matches that thought. And usually more often than not, this is the one that I see blocking you guys from getting the results. You'll have the other three totally in place. I have some people that are like, putting in so many reps and I'm so proud of them, but it's like, they're like 
fighting themselves. It's like they're like running and they're about to jump over a hurdle. And right before they get there, they just punch themselves in the face. And that's what it feels like when you are knocking yourself down with this belief that it's not going to work before you even give the customer or the future client the opportunity to buy from you or to win from whatever it is that your offer is. Okay. So check in. If you're not sure whether what's not working, those are four questions to get you started to see, okay, now you should have more insight into what's not working. So seriously, write these four questions down. I'm going to repeat it for you. If you need to re-listen to this episode, write these four questions down and do this audit for your business. Do your results match your goals? Number two, what am I doing with my time? Do that time audit. Number three, have you given this process or experiment or action plan enough time, effort, and reps to yield the results that you're looking for? And remember, the results need to be specific, the goals that you're looking for. Because then oftentimes, right, I said in, with question number one, if you don't have a specific goal, then maybe you're saying, oh, well, the results aren't good enough because you're just always moving that benchmark, right? And then question number four, do I believe that what I'm doing is going to work? Is it a belief problem? Okay, my clients are used to this kind of evaluation though, but even still, awareness is just step one. Once you've identified what's not working, it's time to say bye to it. Naturally, then your brain's going to be like, but I'm tired. Well, have a nap. And then let's say bye to what's not working. Here are four thought errors that hold people back from cutting the fat and moving forward once they know what's not working. And this may be you. So get ready to be triggered. Trigger warning here for those of you who know it's not working and you're still not changing anything. Number one, this thought, I've invested so much time or money into this already. So many of you example of one of my clients that came to me and she was an engineer And she had basically up until that point spent her whole life training to be an engineer. She was very proud of that. She enjoyed it. She, her identity was very much wrapped up into being an engineer and she wanted to have a creative pursuit. She just didn't want to do it anymore. But this thought, I've just invested so much of my time and my money and my life. And I feel guilty about it. Right. And I remember being like, Ooh, that's so interesting because I have a fancy degree and I had zero qualms about never using it ever. (laughs) I literally have never had a job ever that required a college degree. It's so crazy to say it out loud, but, and I even worked in corporate, but they didn't, none of my um, career paths ever required a college degree. And yet I've managed to find success for myself because I was focused and more loyal on the future than on my past. Eventually, once we identified this thought for my client, she was able to be like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like I'm so hung up on my past that I'm mortgaging my future. I'm not making it possible for me to go all in and make room for this to blossom and be this beautiful experience because I'm so focused on what I think I'll be not doing justice or not honoring or just like completely, it feels like you're throwing it out. No, I was like, you'll always be an engineer. 
that you, it doesn't cancel out all of this history, right? And it's the same thing too. If you've spent a lot of money or time on a process or in a program, and then you get to the end of it, like I know people that go through certifications and they're like, mm, yeah, this actually isn't for me. Okay. Onward onto the next. Most of life is a process of elimination. So just ask yourself, if you're hanging on to this thought, I've invested so much time or money into this, ask, am I more loyal to my past or my future? And for me, the answer is always my future, especially when it comes to my business. Number two, thought error. I don't want to let them down or worse version. I don't want to go back on my word. This is a similar thought error to the first one, but it's more of a focus on other people and being in other people's models. If you've, if you're new to the show, essentially the self-coaching model is that your thoughts, create your feelings, drive your actions, produce your results. But we want to be focusing on our model and our thoughts, our feelings, our actions and results. When you're in other people's models, you're trying to decide what you're going to do based on what other people are going to think or how other people are going to feel or what other people are going to do or what it's going to create for other people. And this isn't selfish. It's just about creating results from a place where you're not showing up either people pleasing or micromanaging or manipulating or lying to other people by not telling them and showing up in your fullest truth so that X, Y, Z right? We always want to be aligned with our own thoughts. So like I said, if you have this thought where you're worried about letting other people down or going back on your word, this could keep you stuck forever in examples of hiring staff that just aren't working out, having clients that bought an offer that you no longer want to run past clients who are used to the status quo, but you're changing your business model. You're changing your offers. This might be staff that's not working out, clients that bought this offer that you no longer want to run, past clients who are used to the status quo. Listen, I get it. I've experienced this myself. But if you stay stuck in this place, it can drag on for months and years. And ultimately, you're half-assing probably that business offer or that business model that you're delivering on because you don't really want to be there. Again, you're asking... Am I more loyal to my future or my past? And we can do this from a place of love. I have loved my past. Like maybe you really did. I'll use an example. So um, when I first created a group program, I created happening sessions. And this is like $39 a month when I first created it. And then I jumped up to 79 and I was so worried about that jump, right? And I was just testing things out and I had tested out an offer where if they bought it for the full year, they got a discount. And one person, but right when I was thinking like, this really isn't working, this isn't the framework that I want it to be in. I feel like I have to reevaluate. Maybe I pause this. Someone bought the year long option. And I was like, ah, shit. So I just like stuck in it and was kind of like, sludging through this offer for a month or two. And I felt like the room could kind of tell, like I wasn't energized about it. I was still delivering it, but I was going through the motions kind of like a zombie. And 
three months in, I just really got aware of the fact that the only reason I was delivering this program was because I didn't want to go back on my word. And I didn't want to let down this person who had committed and invested in a year of what I was offering. And that felt terrible, right? But once I realized that I realized I can't do this anymore, and I had to make a decision about what I wanted to do. So here's my recommendation. Once you realize it, you can't just land on, oh, I know I don't want to be doing this anymore, but I feel bad because I don't want to let them down. And then just stay there. No, you have to just make a clean and clear decision about what you want to do when you have this situation that you realize you're in and you don't want to do it anymore. So in my case, I decided that I was going to give her the option to either do 10 one-on-one sessions with me, which I felt like was an over deliver because she was at that point kind of showing up periodically to the group stuff. And I was like, I'll do one-on-one with you. I'll over deliver, or I can refund you a portion of whatever I haven't delivered on yet. And ultimately she chose to do the sessions and that was great. And I felt so freed up immediately. I have another um, client of mine that had hired like four people to run this program and they had come from other jobs and she had hired them. She had this whole new team. And as soon as she got in it and she was running it, she was like, this isn't right. This isn't right. As soon as she realized it, she was like, sorry, you guys, I'm sorry for wasting your time. I'm sorry for, but this isn't right. I'm going to restructure it. Thank you so much for your time. And she paid them and she parted ways. And ultimately, imagine she had just said, now her business is, she is breaking the eight figure mark this year. And there's no way she would have been able to do that from this half-ass like sludgy way where she was feeling just completely uninspired by what she was doing. And she knew that it wasn't right. When, once you get to that place, when you're misaligned, you cannot create magic from misalignment. Okay. So we have to get real and make a simple decision. I'm not saying it's going to be fun and you don't have to feel cheery about it. You probably are just going to have to feel not great about it. Um, and decide I'm doing all of this from love. And the highest way that I can serve people is through truth and honesty. And that's that because I do believe that when it gets down to it, all of the decisions that I make in my business are coming from wanting to deliver at the highest level and just being aligned and honest with what's true for me. And I know that the people that I look up to have shut down programs of theirs that I have loved and I've been bummed about. But at the end of the day, I love working with them. If I, if they have a new offer, I'm going to find a way to be a part of that. And usually it's even better because they are fired up about it. Okay. So be true with yourself and let's make a decision today. If this is you. Thought error number three is I know I need to stop doing X, Y, Z instead of creating a policy and then taking action on it. So for example, often people are coming into the masterful CEO at a point where they're getting inquiries, but some are communicating through all the channels, right? They're tech, they're getting uh, inquiries for their business via text, via email, via Instagram, DM, website, all the things. 
And if things are slipping through the cracks, it's time to make a decision. But when you think of this decision as daunting or confusing or overwhelming or big in any way, you're bound to notice and kick the problem down the road. Instead of, I need to stop doing this, try making a decision in the moment. Okay. I know it sounds oversimplified, but it's not going forward. I'm going to filter all questions through my web forms. Or if you do need to do some more layers of work, schedule or delegate the time to make the decision. Message your virtual assistant right now and or a team member or add it to your meeting agenda to make decision about what filter you're going to use for processing all communications going forward. Or set a calendar reminder for yourself if you don't have a team when you know you'll be free that says decide on communication channel and announce policy to clients due August 10th. Okay. It is that simple, but I often see a lot of you being like, oh my gosh, I know I need to stop doing that. I'm sick of it. I'm not going to handle that excuse anymore. You guys are on the route to becoming masterful CEOs and masterful CEOs. Don't just acknowledge things that aren't working and then say, okay, that type of tolerance of low quality work, that type of tolerance of a low quality um, delivery, low quality habits will end up breaking down your trust with yourself and your belief that you're someone who can deliver at a high level. Okay. It's really detrimental to your business. So we're going to stop saying, Oh, I know I need to stop doing that. And instead we're just going to make a simple, small, clear decision. Number four thought error is, well, I don't, I know it's not working, but I don't know what else to do. Listen, people would rather settle for a known devil than explore the unknown. I get it. Maybe you really don't know any other way of doing things. That's not unusual. Why would you? I mean, you've been doing things this way, this way up until now. Usually the methods that we use to get us to 100K may be the right methods or the ones that work until they don't. Because what got us here won't get us there. But stating, I don't know, and then staying there is a death sentence for your business or at least tickle torture or something. Death sentence feels hard, harsh. My clients know that I don't know is not an option, which means it's time to experiment. Your job as a masterful CEO is not to know the next step or every next step or really any next step. It's to decide the next step. It's to commit to it. Deciding to believe that it will work with your scientist hat on. Scientists aren't running around like, oh my God, is this going to work? Maybe, I don't know. I should probably just keep doing the last experiment that I know didn't work. No, they decide the parameters of their next experiment and they go all in. Then they collect the data, they tweak and evaluate. In the Splashpad, my community and course for Business 101, we talk about your job as an entrepreneur in terms of four things. Experiment, evaluate, elevate, meaning take that evaluation and tweak it and make it better. And of course, earn along the way. You guys got this. I want to take a quick second to let you know what's going on in the Sincerely Future You world, specifically in the Splashpad. 
The Splash Pad, if you don't know, is a business 101 course and it's my lifetime community. And I created this to simplify the process of making your first monies, of creating or just simply marketing and selling an offer that you and other people are going to love. And right now we have totally different types of businesses in there experimenting and learning how to begin to think and take action like a business owner. If you're thinking about turning a passion into a moneymaker or you already have a business and you want to take this from kind of a hobby business or this beginner level and you want to grow it to the place where you're ready for the masterful CEO school, you got to get in this room. For the next month, anyone that joins the splash pad will also get an intro one-on-one coaching call with me as well. I want to kick you off right. And I want to over deliver for you because I know that the stuff that I'm teaching in the splash pad is really the basics. I know oftentimes people come in and they want like a million modules and they want you to tell them exactly what you did. But business isn't a one size fits all solution. There is, however, a very simple process that does require collecting failure and celebrating that. And it requires having a community that just keeps you hype when you're in the process of learning and figuring it out. And that is exactly what we do in the splash pack. So let's have some fun, make your money back stat, go to sincerelyfutureyou.com and join us today. And once you've done that, tag me on Instagram when you do so I can shout you out. I cannot wait to see you in the room. Sometimes friends, we have to be uncomfortable to move forward and grow in business and life. Asking hard questions or taking scary steps, it can seem daunting, but you and your business are worth it. We mentally and physically need to align our goals and our steps to make sure that we can thrive and create that magic that I know is inside of all of us. So here's your call to action, you guys. Your call to action is to trim the fat, cut what isn't working. I promise you, no one's gonna die. It's gonna be okay. And your future self will thank you. Hamsters. If you want to learn more about today's topic, head over to what's happening.com forward slash podcast. That's what's happening. W H A T S H A P P Y N I N G.com forward slash podcast. If you're a business owner and you're resonating with what we talk about here, what are you even doing? Come hang out with me over where the party's at on Instagram at what's happening. W Jess. Again, that's happy. H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G and book a discovery call to see if coaching is your next best step.